1: Listening. Thank you for archiving. Thank you for telling the people about the show, man. This show is growing by leaps and bounds. Look for in the next next few weeks, we're gonna do some upgrades to the show. We're gonna make it sound even better. And uh, shouts out to grownradio.com for carrying us in Dallas, Texas. Big ups to y'all. And we got another announcement. Now I told y'all that I'm the host of the new show on Bounce TV. It's called Uptown Comic. Well, as of right now, that has changed. I'm still the host. It's still a comedy show, but the name has changed. That's right. The name has changed. And you know what? I ain't going to even tell you what it is right now. Y'all got to wait till the show come on October to come on. The name has changed as of right now, and it's going to be something other than Uptown Comics. So I like to give my audience the scoop first. But I can't scoop you completely because we're about to get it in. So if you're in Atlanta today, we're shooting today. Okay? So as soon as you finish this to the show, you go down to the theater. It's going to be off the chain. And let me tell you something the best comics in the country are coming in and shoot this. I called in some favors. So this, this show is going to be incredible. We're shooting at center stage. Almost as we speak, but in a couple of hours, it would be at full steam. So y'all look for that. Check my website, RodneyPerry.com, for all information on Rodney Perry. I'm live on my Twitter right now. Tweet me. I'm at Rodney Perry. We are getting it in. So with that, I got a, a incredible people coming on today, an incredible guy coming on first. When we come back, my man, Jay King, is coming on the line. This is one of the coldest guys in the entertainment game, in the entertainment business. If you want to know anything about Jay King, do yourself a favor and listen up. We'll be right right back. It's Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live.
0: What's up, everybody around the world? Thanks for tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. Remember to follow Rodney on Twitter, at Rodney Perry. And for all of your Rodney Perry updates, text Rodney Perry, with no spaces, to 41411. Again, to stay up to date, text Rodney Perry, with no spaces, to 41411. Attention all aspiring comedians. Do you think you're funny? Do you have what it takes to be a comedian? Come out to the Green Room Actors Lounge, 25D Bennett Street, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309, and attend the Never Deny Improv Class with comedian-actor Mr. Rodney Perry. Every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to RodneyPerry.com or TheGreenRoomActorsLounge.com. See you there. <laughs>
1: What's up, y'all? It's Rodney, and I am back. Thank you uh, to, to the lovely young ladies that 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 cut those spots to me. Awesome ladies, man! If you could put their names up here, I know that's Kim Nelson Ingram, but I really want to shout out the other young lady. She did a great job on that that ad for me, and um and we, we just we just beginning to create that space because uh, we're really taking this this show to the next level. And I'm going to continue to do this show. I don't care what else happens in my life, what other great thing I start doing. This show, I think, is very important. And speaking of very important people, speaking of people that are cornering the blog talk market, speaking of people that that are in entertainment and the music business, uh, I like to call this guy almost the the Forrest Gump of entertainment. Like when you start talking about Jay King, he can give you a story with. Anybody in the industry because he's respected, he's appreciated, he's one of the coldest dudes in the game, ladies and gentlemen. And he think he can play dominoes, my man, Mr. J King. How you doing, J? Last
2: time I think I I smashed you into the dirt. No, you beat me online last time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, you, Jay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, listen, online dominoes, you know, it's not. It ain't the same. It ain't the same. The thing. No, you know when you, I'm a domino player, I'm an eyeball to eyeball. Put my foot deep in your heart kind of. <laughs> of you know what I call it? I call
1: it. Jay, I call it stress free. Because if I'm not sitting there looking at you, you can you can really kind of be kind of calm. But you, yeah. you you get to play stress free when I'm not when I'm not in your face.
2: Well, you know what? I don't like that. I like to I want stress on me. You like the stress? I like the stress. The stress makes me win.
1: Hey, you that, know what?
2: That's why. That's why I whooped on you that one day, eyeball to eyeball.
1: Well, well first of all, Jay, I have with your ass, eyeball to eyeball. No, I would say, I would,
2: you're ne- you're never never Jay, Jay, Jay,
3: Jay, I, Jay, Jay, I'm not going
1: to even get into this with you because I want to talk about <laughs> you with you today. I'm not going to get into our domino rivalry. <laughs> okay. It is a rivalry. It is a rivalry. It's a rivalry. It is a rivalry. But you know what? This is what I this is what I uh I love Domino's for because it's it gives you a glimpse into the human being that you're dealing with. And when I sit across from you, I not only see a guy that's focused, but I see a guy that's calculated. I see a guy that knows what he wants. I see a guy that makes decisions. You know, so I kind of evaluate a person by how they do what they do for recreation. And when I see you on that domino pit table, I see a grown man that don't really take a whole lot of bull. Talk to me about your journey and and you and and your stick to and, and 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 the second part of that question is is go into your entrepreneurship and how that's always played into who you are.
2: Well, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I don't. I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur. I just knew that I, I come from a tough neighborhood, and you know. If you wanted to do something, you had to go out and do it. It wasn't going to come to you. You know, we didn't come from a neighborhood where people were just giving you stuff. You know, we, you know, here, you know, here it is, or people just had things. You know, people didn't have things, and people weren't giving you things. So you had to get out there and make it happen. And I, you know, my mother, uh, who had her first child at fifteen, never finished high school. Went, you know, um, went went to college. Went to a JC first, without even finishing high school and uh, graduated from a nursing class to be an LBN, uh at the top of the class, magna cum laude, and then went to went on to be an RN and then taught the class that she graduated from. Um, you know, my mother was just a brilliant woman. And so I would have to say that a lot, and, you know, and, and she was a go-getter, you know, at a time when I think for, Women, especially black women, you know, in the sixties and seventies, it wasn't a real um, even plan field out there. She made the plan field even by being head and shoulders above who she was who she was in the classes with. And I just remember her always telling me, you know, in order to be equal to a white man, you got to be ten times better than him. Wow! Don't make no excuses. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this, Jay. Why is that, and is that still true? I think uh, I think this will always be true. I think any anytime you know there's a ruling party and there's a, I mean unfortunately this is the world we live in. We live in a world that's gonna that you know um, that when we and and you guys can just look around. Anytime we start you know uh, excelling at something, the rules change. You know now you know now we with a president we watch the rules change. You know because. We are incredible. I think that African Americans are just incredible people. Um, You know, we're not um, we're not crabs in a barrel. You know, even you know, and I hear people say it all the time. You know, we just crabs in a barrel. We don't get along. If we were crabs in a barrel, um, I wouldn't be on your show right now, Rodney, and you wouldn't ask me to be on your show, right? Because because um, two things would happen here. Number one, you'd be promoting me. And number two, I'd be promoting you because, we, you know, we'd be working together. And crabs don't work together. So I think that there's, you know, that that, that these are things that are going to always permeate and persist in this country until we deal with the fact that these uh, idiosyncrasies exist, that these racist racist and biased opinions and thoughts of each other exist, and we won't deal with the conversation. We won't put it on the table. Um, I, I believe, my personal opinion, that black folk are – Embarrassed about slavery, when we, we have no reason to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But I believe that we're embarrassed, so we don't want to talk about it. We always, want, we almost want to sweep it under the rug. Um, black, white folks are um, ashamed of slavery, right. and and so they they want to act like it don't exist. And because we're sweeping it under the rug, they say, yeah, let's, let's keep it under the rug. When in fact, we should embrace slavery. And make it never happen again, because we're involved in the slave trade as we speak today. It's called the prison system. Mm. Um, but you know, um, you will never see the Holocaust happen to the Jewish people again, because they won't never let you forget it.
0: You will right. never. You
2: can be 192 years old. If they find out that you were with the Nazis, they're gonna put your ass in jail. They're gonna take every dime you got. They're gonna persecute, persecute you and your family. They're not gonna let it die. They're gonna make sure that anybody. Who goes against them is going to pay the price.
1: Yes, that's very true. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned into Rodney Perry Live. We talking to Jay King, um, uh, entertainment e- e- expert, uh, a man that's that's
3: <laughs> expert.
1: Expert man, you you are, you, are, you are literally an expert man. I I often tune into your your network uh, here on Blog Talk, which it is a network. Uh, we had one of your artists on Karen White. Which is to date my my highest rated show. I know you did something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I managed Karen.
2: I, well, I managed Karen. I career- I started her career back up for her.
1: you. You 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 are doing. A, and we're gonna get into that. But I want I want to I want to take take the audience back to the Timex Social Club mm-hmm. to a chart topping hit in rumors and. Tell me the story of how that came about. You told me one-on-one, but I don't know if people really know what it took to make that hit
2: a hit. Well, you know, um, at the time, Rodney, you know, I was in my mid-20s, um, and I was, um, and I wanted to be in the music industry bad. I was a, I was a rapper and a songwriter, and um, I just want, I wanted to be in the music business. And I thought that, you know, with talent, and if you showed it to people and they – that, you know, they saw you, they say, Yeah, you are talented and I wanna help you and that that wasn't the case, you know, people for whatever reason, um you know, and, and I and I've learned since that, you know, that, that, you know, it's up to you to believe in you. You know, before, you know, but at that time, you know, I felt like people was dogging me out, they didn't believe in me. And so, you know, I was married at the time. And um I sold everything we owned while my wife was out of town.
1: And to, to that, that, that'll break
2: you up, or either keep you really close together. <laughs> to record the record rumor. Now this woman that I was married to was a very short black uh, Leo. Uh-oh. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh oh. Yeah. You I'm don't sure. want to mess with that lioness. <laughs> no, not no short black, and she's a, you know, she's a chocolate short. You know they, you know, they can fight. They can just do
1: it. <laughs> Wait a minute. You uh, saying
2: she could fight because of the color, the color of her skin? She was that short chocolate girl <laughs> in the hood that had to fight, and she could.
1: Right. Okay. Enough said. So. and instead
2: of and instead of fighting me, she left me. She told me. She said, "I'm gonna leave you before I kill you." Wow. And so you know, but that's how you know. And so I sold everything we owned, and um, I, you know, and that's why why you treat me so bad and heavy on my mind and approve my love and look before you leave. All of Michael Cooper. That first Michael Cooper. I'm loving such a funny game. Mm. It was really. I was in love, so it was, you know, in life, love, and pain, it was, those were her albums. <laughs> that was yeah. about that relationship. So, anyway, um, let me go with a letter. Actually, the song that about things, let me go with a letter I wrote to her. Anyway, that's wow. why i so, so, I, um, you know, I sold everything we owned, and I wanted it that bad, you know, and I just prayed to God one day, and I said, if this is not what I'm supposed to do, please take this desire out of my heart. And if it is what I'm supposed to do, please make this record a hit. And, you know, and it wasn't easy. You know, it's just the fortitude of of continuing on and and being diligent and being, you know, and and just having a desire to win. And I can't tell you to this day what any one thing I did Mm -hmm. to make that record a hit. But I can tell you this, I was continual in whatever it was I was doing. That that, you know that, And I don't know if it was a big thing or a little thing. I just know that one day after leaving Dallas, Texas, Terry Avery from KKDA called me and said, can I speak to Jay King? Because my phone number was on the back of that 12-inch. Wow. Uh, and, um, and I said, this is Jay King. And she said, my name is Terry Avery. I'm the program director at KKDA. We play your songs, Rumors. And I said, thank you so much. And she said, yeah, could you please tell your friends to stop calling? because you guys are clogging up our phone line, And I said, ma'am, I don't have any friends in Dallas at all. <laughs> and she said, um, "She said, are you? did you hire a service to call us? I said, no, ma'am. She said, are you being honest with me? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, if you're being honest with me and you're not lying to me, you better get ready because you're going to have a hit record. Because every time we play your song, so many calls come through and knock our lines down. Crazy. And um, and it was two and a half, three weeks later, I got my first big order for Rumors. and It was three hundred thousand units. Now, now so,
1: were you prepared to 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 turn over that type of unit because you you guys
2: were independent at that point? Am I right? We were independent. That record was independent from beginning to end. I still own it. I never took it to a major. It sold three and a half million copies independently. It's the biggest selling r b independent R&B record in the modern record business. Nobody did it before us. Nobody did it after us. Not in the modern record business. So so now, was, was there any pressure to
1: come on board with a, you know, you guys got a hit record on the street. I'm sure they start beating the door down, you know, for your
2: next product. Well, you know, the problem was this. Here I was, this new kid who had this group, but I didn't have a contract with him. Right So they went and signed a deal without me
1: Oh, okay
2: So that's how that's how Club Nouveau came to be Okay, so Because all the songs Now, Club, Club Nouveau recorded rumors, too no, right? Club No, Club Nouveau recorded Jealousy Which was going to be the answer record to rumors for the time at Social Club Okay and then I wrote Jealousy About Them. I rewrote the lyrics to write, and that's why I said, I can't tell you why these things continue to happen to me, but some people get so jealous of the smallest, small things. I tried to help some friends to help themselves to get their lives intact. They came out spreading rumors. Now I have to come out spreading facts. Let me tell you how it started and where it all began. I guess I was a fool to try and help my broke and social friends. They told me if I'd help them, they'd be in debt for life. But when I turned my back to give support, they stabbed me with a knife. I don't need jealousy. I don't want the bad talk around me and it was really about time and social class.
1: Wow, hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. Jay King is dropping it on us. He's giving us the real story man uh jay you you've affected so many careers uh you you who is your mentor because you've mentored. So many people I mean, I watched the Tupac documentary you're in there you 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 were instrumental with 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 that
2: situation
1: who who was
2: jay King's mentor well you know I, randy rand God rest his soul, and not Randy rand, who was married to um to uh Sherelle. there was an older gentleman by the name of randy rand r a n d that was his real name mm-hmm. and randy rand uh was helping a lot of the guys on the West Coast that were doing records through McCullough, which is where I distributed my records through or manufactured it at the first time. And he and a guy named John Brown, and not the John Brown that worked at A&M, this was another guy named John Brown, but these two guys were really my mentors. They taught me the intricacies of the music business, and the problem was they were drug addicts. Mm. And so... You know, I've never drank, never smoked, never done any drugs. So we were odd pairings because I was so foreign to that whole ideology and this is where they lived and this is why they never prospered to the degree that they should have and could have. Both have since passed. But those were the guys that really um that really um taught me, you know, the, the the music business and where I really learned and um and, and and I have to say that God I know this is how I know that God is real because there were certain things that were innate in me ate in me as, as, for the music business that I never even knew I just I understood it even better than Randy knew they would show me something and then I could see a hundred other things in my head like when I look at a, a contract whether it's a, a contract for television film or the music business, when I look at these contracts I see I see so many other things that I can do and and so I'm 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 assured that it's probably like a musician because I'm not a master musician, but I'm sure it's probably like a musician who can who really masters an instrument, like a printer somebody, who can just look at an instrument and, and just kind of say, Wow, I can do A, B, and C with this. That's how I was able to do with the mechanical side of the music business and and i think it's what it's what propelled me into the game and you know and the the way i was i was involved
1: all hey, uh, once again rodney perry rodney perry live we're talking to jay king uh jay man you, again so many facets of the game you've negotiated million dollar deals um was there ever a sense of fear for you cuz you strike me as a fearless cat you know it, you know even like I, we talked earlier we joked about the domino situation but one of the things i ascertained from you as i sat across from you and played dominoes is that this guy is fearless so is that true and 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 how do you maintain that through like a situation where you may not be the smartest guy you may not be the most uh, uh adept musician you know but you are you are Still here when a lot of your people that were around during that time are gone because of drugs, because of all those
2: things. What gives you that staying power? Well, I think um, you know I, because I am fearless. I mean, first of all, Donnell Bridges was my daddy. My daddy, um, Donnell Bridges, is my stepfather, but he's my father. He raised me. He's a tough man. Uh, he's six two, six three. You know, two hundred pounds, just a, but just all muscle, just a man. And Donnell Bridges used to whoop my ass, you know, um, and, and I probably needed it, but you know, but he was he was nobody to be playing with. And so, um, after being around him for a, you know, for my growing up from a kid to to being a grown man, it, it's harder to make me afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, with certain parts of him that I thought were just brutal, and I I never whooped my kids because of the way he whooped me, but there were certain parts of what he did that really made me into a fighter It made me fearless. I think that my mother was a survivor. You know, she had her first baby at 15. Her mother put her out. You know, my mother, you know, um, God rest her soul, you know, she 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 was brilliant. She My mother could just – I watched my mother read books, and she could read two or three books a day. I mean, just devour books. And so I read all the time because of my mom. And I think that that's, you know, that's part of it. You can't, you know – you can't be afraid, and you got you know if you don't believe in you, you can't ask anybody else to. And I think a lot of people, and I have so much faith in God. I mean, I really believe in God, yeah. and I think a lot of people say they have faith, and 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 with their words and with their mouth they do, but with their actions they don't. And you know when you and I, I just don't know what doubt is. I, I don't have room for doubt. You know, um, I don't I don't have room for fear because those are the things. Because fear is just another form of doubt, and those are the things that will. Uh, ensure that you won't make it to that next level. And I think most people that make it that, that become great out here are people that are just, you know th- that are just um believers in themselves and they're fighters yeah. and they, they they don't they don't have any room for doubt. There so they no don't. room. No room for doubt. Yeah, we're talking to
1: Jay King. You can check his website out, the dot com uh and on Twitter he's at J. King, the number three, and the music. At J. King, three music, and his, uh, Facebook is, uh, at J. King, three. Uh, J. King, I'm gonna throw some names out. You tell me your connection to these, these great people, man. And
2: wh- when I see, when I see this one,
1: this is one of, I used to love these dudes. Rodney O. and Joe Cooley.
2: Oh man, Rodney on Joker Rodney is my little um uh, my little homie. I use I you know, I started the independent label coalition back in nineteen ninety two and it was the first thing of its kind and it started because of Rodney. Rodney uh was getting ready to sell his record to a company called Par. and I said, Why are you gonna do that? And he said, Well, because man, I've done all I can do and I think that and he had a record called F New York and he said, Man, man, you know, I, Jay I just Man, I'm just tired. And I said, let me have a record, Rodney. Let me do it for you. You keep it. Let me manage the situation for you. And so I start, started the Independent Label Coalition where I managed independent labels. And we took this record that had sold about 40,000 units, and um, I took a single called Humps for the Boulevard, backsided it with the first single he's had called You Don't Hear Me, though, put it back mm. in the marketplace, and we sold 380,000 units. And from there... I started managing other labels. I had the Sixty Nine Boys and Domino and uh, Rodney—I mean Rodney O and uh, Mac Mall and uh, a bunch of other Gary Taylor, you know—and I just started putting out records for these guys and, and as, a ma- as a label management company and and then making distributors pay everybody by holding hot records back when they want when they order products. Like if Gary Taylor had a hot record and they um, and they wanted more of his product, but they hadn't paid Rodney O yet, I wouldn't ship the Gary Taylor record until they pay Rodney O. Wow! And
0: it was the first
2: time they had seen something like that. And so Rodney O, you know, which is my little homie that I that I helped out.
1: Wow. Hey. Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, Lenny Williams. Well, wow. Lenny Williams is, you know, Lenny Williams is a legend from the Bay Area, and that's where I'm yeah, from, the yeah. Bay Area. So, yeah. you know, growing up, watching Tower of Power, and then Lenny come out and do his own thing, um, because, you know, a lot of people know me as the guy uh, that does the independent music. Lenny lived in the Bay, and I have moved back into the Bay Area, and he uh, he met me through somebody, and we just struck up a friendship with both Aquarians. I'm January 27th. I believe he's February 12th, and... Uh, and we just had a you know we had a chord with each other. We used to work out together. You know, Lenny used to box, and he was a preacher too before he actually owned yeah. We actually he- had we had Lenny on,
1: man, and really dynamic cat. And uh, so wow, it, it, it's always
2: great to see you. You connected to so many people, dude. Vanilla Ice. Oh, Vanilla Ice is funny because Tommy Kwan wanted to be in the music business, and uh, he reached out to me. And he said, I got this rapper, you know, I got this dancer, and I went to go see. I, um, he brought a group that I had called New Choice to Dallas, Texas, and this white dancer who wore all black had these four black dancers that were all white with them. And he opened up for my group New Choice, and um, and um, Tommy Kwan wanted to be in the music business. I said, there's your money right there. And mm. he said, what, a, a, a dancer? And I said, no, a rapper. He said, Can he rap? I said, I don't know if he can dance, he can rap <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so um, Kyrie uh Shaheed who was under my with my production company at the time with my label, he was producing records for me. He produced a new choice record. I called him and said, Hey, I want you to fly to Dallas and um and um I want you to work with this rapper, his name is Vanilla Ice and he got to he got to Dallas and he said he called me, he said, Minister this is MF Can't Rap? I quit cursing, so I can't say this. He said this, <laughs> he said, this MF Can't Rap? And I said, are you a producer? And he said, yeah. I said, then he'll be a rapper by the time you leave, right? I said, produce the record. That's what you're there for. You can't come home until you do. And the first four songs that Vanilla Ice did, Kyrie Shahid from our camp did them. So this was back in 1989. Right. So that record didn't come out until 92. It was three years from the time the Vanilla Ice record came out to the time, I mean, from the time we worked on it to the time it came out. Steve Hrabowski, uh Jerry Griffith, Skip Miller, Scott Folks, Benny Medina all passed on Vanilla Ice. And I told each of them the same thing. He is the Elvis Presley of rap. Wow. If he sells one record, he's going to sell a million. If he sells a million, he'll sell 10 million. He's an all-American white boy. And um, and and, and Charles um, Koppelman was the one who who caught it and caught it after Tommy released it independently. And when they all had all those fights with Suge and all those guys were fighting over publishing, mm-hmm. I didn't have no fight with nobody because I had a contract. And all I did was send my contract over there and said, I will shut the whole thing down if y'all don't send me a check. J.K. could tell Suge Knight to calm down. <laughs> well, Suge Knight was... And, you know, the one thing, Suge... I'm going to tell you, Suge was involved because of Chocolate. Chocolate wrote Ice Ice Baby, and Tommy Kwan was trying to get Chocolate to sign over his publishing, and Chocolate wouldn't do it, and they were putting so much pressure on him. Chocolate knew Suge through somebody else who introduced him, and so Chocolate signed the publishing over to Suge. Okay. And that's how that whole situation happened. But wow. those guys... So, so, sugar and all those while they was fighting, I didn't have a fight with nobody because I had a contract in place that was that was done way before there was a Vanilla Ice or Ice Ice Baby or anything like that. Wow! Hey
1: y'all, this is this is incredible. I'm telling you, I'm telling
2: you, you you the you the you, you, you you're
1: the Forrest Gump of entertainment, dude. You you now, know now,
2: now I don't understand. I don't understand what the Ford. How am I the Forrest Gump? That means I'm retarded. Oh, 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 oh. No no no, 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 not Rita. Retar-
1: you remember in the movie Forrest Gump, he was he was a fly on the wall at all these historic events. And you're not even just a fly; that might not even do you justice. You was in it, you know, for for many decades. You still look great. Um, so so let let's get into this, man. Uh, we brought up what's your connection to Tupac, man? Well,
2: Tupac. You know, was it was you know you know he's from New York, but he grew up in the Bay Area, and Tupac before he was, uh, you know, Tupac was a poet, and you know he went to these, um, uh, to these uh, schools for you know kids that are really creative, right? And he rapped, you know, you know Tupac's style of rap really is Ray Love, Ray Love is a Bay Area legend, and they were in a group together, but. Tupac really bit Ray Love. Just FYI. Okay. But, see now you know, I got to look up Ray Love. How do I
1: find Ray Love?
2: Ray Love, L U V. Ray Love is on Young Black Brother Records, and he's a and and, and um Cab Calloway is his grandfather. Um, but Ray Love is an incredible rapper. Even today, you know what? I think I, I met him before. Dark, real, really, um, tall, dark, dark brother. Just, I think just, I met brother, him before. I, yeah. Um, okay. So. Ray Love was signed to Young Black Brothers, Mac Maw was signed to Young Black Brothers, I managed Young Black Brothers, and Tupac ended up directing a video called Ghetto Theme for Mac Maw. But we all you know, but you know, but the Bay Area is you know, we're we're uh we're a melting pot, you know, we're all connected to each other. You know, yeah. before Tupac was Tupac, he was a dancer, a roadie a digital for Digital Underground. A roadie for digital underground that became a dancer, that became a rapper. Wow! And Layla Hathaway was his first. I mean, Layla um, Steinberg was his first manager, and Layla was involved with um, with Young Black Brother Records also, which was Kyrie and his brother Daraka. Wow, man, you 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 know it all,
1: ladies and gentlemen. This Roddy Perry, you're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to Jay King, Jay, man. I I know I can't keep you on here all day. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about uh, you managing Miss Karen White among others but I know I know you're you're handling her now and you're taking superwoman back to her superwoman status um how is that going and 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 why why did you uh, want to get into that to this that
2: that capacity with her well it's going great uh it's a it's an incredible ride it's a great um it's a, a great way for me to apply some of my hypotheses, my hypotheses and theories about the music business and where it's going and why I think we're going. To, we're in an age where you're going to see somebody sell 100 million units. You're going to see one artist put a record out, and it's going to sell 100 million units. In our lifetime, it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, I do a radio show on the music business every Monday and Wednesday night called The Music Business, the way I see it. And so one day I get this text from a number that says, you inspire me. And so I sent a text back because that's during my show. And I said, thank you. Who was this? And then she, and then text back Karen White. And then I said, the Karen White? And then she said, yes, with a smiley face. And I just said, I'll talk to you after my show. So after my show, you know, I called her and she said, you know what? I think your show is great. I am I love what you're doing. It's it's wonderful. I would love to meet with you. I have an a artist that I want to, I you know, If you'll work with me with so I said sure And I had heard that she was um, Starting To um, Fund you know reality shows And stuff like that and she was getting into television But she was doing more of a business thing And not so much of you know she wasn't Singing anymore so I met with her And and the artist that she had he was A rapper and um, And you know and You know I, I said sure you know I'll work With you guys and so, you know, she, you know, we talked and we talked and we started working together and then I finally, we you know, I got the budget that I was going to be able to use. And one day I just called her I said, "Karen, this is a, you know, this is a great budget for you, it's not for him." Because it's going to cost so much more money to get him started. And she said, "No, ain't nobody tripping about me. I my my time is past." And I said, that's not true at all. No. You are so you are so current right now. You are so happening." And so I just showed her where people were talking about her 21,000 times a month, people would either say her name, listen to her music, or ask a question about her. Just wow. on Google alone. And I was showing her all the, I, I gave her all the analytics of what people were saying, and she was like, I don't know if I have it anymore. And this was just last August. Right. So this was a year ago. Okay. So, uh, so, she, so she said, no, I want to work with the guy, I want to work with the guy. So by September, we had abandoned that, and I finally got her, and I just showed her. You know, I said, listen, you know, there's more money in Karen White than there is in this guy. And so by October, we started recording. And by January, and she and she had three operations from the time that we started recording, um, you know, uh, to the time, to December. So sure. from October to December, we she had to it with three operations. We're recording an album. By January, we got it done. And, you know, um, in March she did a you know she was her first time on stage in 17 years we played at the Razz Room in San Francisco she played four shows in three nights sold out three of them um you know, the first night wasn't sold out but the but every night after that was because um the word of mouth just traveled so fast yeah and, and then you know we um we uh we started you know just i we released this video sister sister and, you know, just so people, because people which, is, asking, uh, which is, is a great video, a great video. Oh, people would ask me, what does Karen look like? You know, so I said, we got to do something so people can see, because people wanted to see if we were airbrushing the pictures. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is who she is. This is what she She's still like. fine. I give her that. Yeah. Yeah. She looks yeah. incredible. You know, she, yeah. she, whatever she was doing, she did it right. And then, um. We got an offer from Japan. So you know, we got these companies from Japan because the internet is incredible. And you know, what I started doing was just with social media, a publicist, and you know, and um, you know, um, a, 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 a person who to work social media for us. We were able to really get some traction. You know, we're still building. You know, you don't want to build too fast. It's still a it's still a process to doing this.
0: Mm-hmm. But I told
2: Karen, I said, "Listen, we don't have." the millions of dollars that the majors have. So we have to be patient, we have to build, we have to be creative, we have to be innovative, and that's what we've done. And so now, you know, um, we have a deal in Japan, we have a deal in South Africa. We sold products throughout Europe from our website, and we just did a deal in the United States with Lightyear EMI, and of record comes out October 22nd. And, you know, we're getting ready to do a deal with Europe and the rest of the other, you know, um, Top countries as to The top 20 countries Is what I, is what I really targeted You right. know um, China and India Are not part of that Because they're not They don't have Legislation in place That will protect us When you know When you when you ship product Into China You're going to get bootlegged Okay There's no There's no question about it You can't get around it You know India's a little different It's just that You know the, the, you know, There's a lot of Poor people there So the sales Plateaus aren't going to be What you expect Going to be Got it Got it
1: Wow, hey, man, it's such an interesting co- conversation, Jay. Man, I gotta have you back on. Uh, we can't get get you off without talking about Jay King, the solo artist. Your pro- your project, is currently on iTunes. It's called Jay King o- Open Book. I'm sure the title speaks for itself. But tell me about Open Book, man.
2: Well, you know, but, you know, my mother, um, who is really the most influential person in my life, both as a human being and and probably as a thought process, you know, just the way just the way I think. You know, um, my mother died in, in 2007 on my 45th birthday, and um, she was 62 years old. My mother was diagnosed with cancer, uh, with lung cancer in November of 2006, and in January 2007, January 27th, um, she died. It was 15 minutes after I turned 45 years old, and I was with her. I was at the hospital with her. And she always, you know, I always said I was going to make a solo record, and she always said you should, and I always said I would, and I never did. And um, so Open Book is really my mother's record. It's the record that I wrote to her, and it's just me being just real honest about the relationships in my life, the relationships with my children, you know, like I would die for you. It's really, I wrote that back in 1991 when my son was seven, but my daughter was seven at the time, six, at the time that I um Recorded it And this song was as much about her As it was about him And then I realized it was about all my kids You know, it's the way yeah. I feel about them And, you know, so um, An open book is just me the, the song, the title song Is just me saying, hey, you know I'm not that revealing all the time But tonight, I'm going to be Tonight, you know if Anything you want to ask me Take the time to ask me Because I may not be this open again And so it's um, But it's me being open about my life and my loves and you know, my relationships and, and you know, and who I am and in the world that I that I create for me. Hey hey ladies
1: and gentlemen, this is Roddy Prayer. You're tuning to Roddy Prayer Live, check out Jay King on the J. King Network. His show he has shows on daily. Uh King's in the morning is off the chain. I often – I don't always let you know I'm listening, but I listen because I really enjoy your show. And you have so much insight on the music business. Uh, The name of the show is The Music Business, The Way I See It. That's Monday through Wednesday, 7 to 9, Kings in the Morning, Monday – I'm sorry, Monday and Wednesday, 7 to 9. And Kings in the Morning is Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.
2: And then – and the way I see it on Sundays, which is really just to show, you know, about, about um, you know, politics and life. and life. Now, this Sunday, I'm going to actually talk about, you know, um, do do you know who you are and what you want? Because I think most of us don't really know who we are, so it's hard for us to know what we want. And so that's what we'll be discussing. Um, and also, Rodney, you know, I'm, I'm writing books. I've, I've just written my first book, on my second book, but this is my I'm writing a, a series called The Passport to the Music Business. I wrote a book on distribution alone, just okay. so people can understand the different forms of distribution. Right now, I'm writing a book on the on, on publishing, music publishing, just so people can understand hey, every hey, aspect hey. of w- what can
1: publishing. I. I want to have my son come and do an internship with you. You don't have to give him a quarter, but he he wants to be in this business. What do you say to the artist that wants to be in this business? Um, what do you? What's 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 your blanket? What's your advice to the to the guy that comes up to you and says, "Hey, Jay, I want to get in in this joint."
2: I asked him. The first thing I asked him was, "How much reading have you done? How yeah. much studying have you done? How about you know?" Because people want to be in this business, but they really don't want to be in this business. They want to be in the scene, you know. And there's a difference in being in the business and being in the scene. What, what's what's kept me alive? I'm 50 years old. You know, um, I've never drank, never smoked, never done any kind of drugs. I'm a heterosexual male. I, I, you know, I read. I don't go to par- clubs. I don't, you know, there's certain things because I understand that in order for me to be in this business and to be a, at a high level as a business guy that I have to have all my faculties. Mm-hmm. So Because I'm sitting here and I, I'm sitting in a room with other sharks that are that waiting to see who's going to bleed first because mm-hmm. they can devour you. And I think a lot of our young people don't recognize that they are they're not the shark, they're the shark food. So wow. you either gonna prepare yourself to be a shark or shark food. And so, you know, we hear all of the stories, you know, all of the bad, you know, you know, anything that happened to me at this point is on me. You know, um I spend my own money, I keep my own money, you know, I'm in charge of myself. So any mistakes I made are on me. You know, it's not the business. And I think when you can say that, when you can say, hey, um, I'm not at the mercy of the business, so I'm not at the mercy of a business manager. I'm not at the, at the mercy of a, uh, of a manager or a record label. I'm at the mercy of myself. What am I doing and not doing right? And I think, wow. You know, so I, I, take, I tell young people, you know, um, get into the habit of really learning the business. It, it's not sexy it's not it's not cute it's not it's not where people are gonna look at you and say, "Oh look at him he look good people' are, you know um but it's where you're gonna it's where you're gonna get uh the foundation to to build whatever you wanna build on top of you know, but if you don't have that foundation, you know you're in a whole heap of trouble.
1: A whole heap of trouble. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. We talked to Jay King today. Once again, the website, the J. King Network, where you can find everything, Jay King. He's on Twitter. He's at J. King Three Music. His Facebook is at J. King Three. Man, thank you, Jay. I can't thank you enough for coming on today. Um, you 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 do it all, the book, passport to the music business, uh, everything distribution, it'll be available uh fall two thousand twelve, spring two thousand thirteen uh the, um, the 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 iTunes available product is open book is J. King open book is available right now.
2: And, and all that, the Club Nouveau stuff. We I own all the Club Nouveau stuff. So if you go to iTunes, anything that. that you buy <laughs> Club Nouveau, you know, I own it. And, and you know, and we I should say we own it, you know, we share in it. And I think that, you know, that, again those are the separating points from us and most artists. Most yeah, artists do not make any money. They don't make any money from, from you know, from iTunes because, you know, literally the artist is making anywhere from $0.08 cents to $0.12 cents every time, uh, you know, his music is downloaded on iTunes, and that's going against debt that he owes for the marketing, promotions, advertising, and creating of his music and the advance that he takes. So
1: ultimately you end up, you, you take the advance, and you, they end up recouping that the rest of your career.
2: Absolutely, and you know, and, and rightfully so. You know, um, I'm not gonna, I don't bash um, record labels, you know, because record labels are doing what they what they do, and that's um, good business. Yeah. That's good business for them. And so, if you know, it, it's like being on a going on a basketball court. You know, Rodney, if I went on the court against Kobe Bryant and bet him a million dollars that I can make a basket, right? Yeah. Or that I was gonna beat him to six. And Kobe said, uh and he gave me the ball first and I missed my first shot. And he took every shot that he made right under the basket. And he never done anything different than that. Right. And I said, Kobe, you cheated. Um, people would look at me like I was crazy.
0: And number one, I <laughs> right. got no
2: business I got no business being on, on the, the court, court. with Kobe Bryant. <laughs> number two, you know, it's a game. You know, uh if if he can if he can get it on the inside of uh, uh under basket and and hit, and hit the close up shot on me. Why does he need to take the jump shot? He don't have to. Why take that to. chance?
3: And, it's the same. And, in our, and for the for the
2: record, he would probably still hit the
1: jump shot too.
2: <laughs> but yeah, because because he has the advantage that he can, yeah. that he can he can he can go get the rebound. And it's the same in our business, you know, because basketball is a business, music is a business. Yeah. And, and when I and, and it is not it's not. 20% talent and 80% business. That's not true. It's 100% talent. Wow. It's 100% business. It's 100% marketing. It's 100% promotions. See, it's 100% of every category there is. And what you're trying to do is get to as close to 100% as you possibly can. And every oh, hear it. people they, 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 when I hear people say, you know, man, it's is you know it's eighty percent business, twenty percent talent. No, it's not. That's a damn lie. Yeah. That's a damn lie. But but what we do, what I know is this: in the entertainment industry, there are a lot of parrots and sheep. You're gonna see people that follow what other people do, and you're gonna hear people repeat what other people say. Right. Um, in order for you to make it in this business, you better um, you better get some individuality. And you better get some some, get some scruples, and and you you better stand on on something, you know that that has some type of moral value and oh, moral man. fiber to it. AJ
1: man, I gotta thank you man for coming on. I got my man coming up next, Mr. Tommy Ford. I cannot thank you enough, man. I'm I'm a fan of everything you do. Y'all check out the J King Network, and and, and we might have an announcement real soon. Rodney Perry might be coming over to the J King Network, dog. I'm really, I've
2: i I'm to get really, I'm really
1: looking at it real hard, dog. Cause I'm a fan again. I'm a fan of everything you do, man. And and uh, I want to thank you again for coming on. When we come back, y'all, we're gonna be talking to the first Virgo in Virgo month, Jay. I know you're Aquarius, but my first Virgo, Virgo month, the month of September, is my man, Mr. Tommy Ford. Y'all hang on, we'll be right back. AJ, thank you for coming, brother. Uh, Thank you, man. TV1 called Who's Got Jokes. And one of the things that I found so impressive about this guy is that he was absolutely the most famous person on the show, okay? I mean, Bill Bellamy think he he famous, but he ain't as famous as this dude. This dude gets it is, and he would he would sit down and give us so many jewels of wisdom all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, bring my guy on the line—a man of God, uh, one of the coldest guys I've ever met. Come in contact with—he's a writer, a producer, a director, an actor. He does it all, and he does it all well. What's up, Dawg? What's up, Dawg? <laughs> How you
3: feel, my brother?
1: Man, I got. I got to thank you for uh, kicking off my Virgo month, man. I plan on having uh, all all the guests to share, uh, 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 you know, this month with me to come on. And uh, you, you are definitely one of those guys, man, and and just uh, a completely uh, a loving human being. But your hustle, Tommy, is unparalleled. Talk to me about the stuff you got going on now. I know you got movies, you got TV shows, you're developing everything, you're shooting. I had a chance to be in in one of your projects. Just bring us up to speed.
3: Man, God has been so good. There's so many awesome things happening right now, man. I tell you, I came to Atlanta. About almost two years ago, a friend of mine, a young lady I've known since she was in high school, came to me and said, Tommy, in the 90s, we had just started the Martin Show. She said, I want to be a writer. I said, okay, this is what you do, baby. You go to writing school and you write. You still be writing. Four years later, she said, I just graduated from college. I was studied writing. I'm an award-winning journalist. I said, that's awesome. Didn't I didn't tell you if you work hard, it's going to pay off. She said, okay, I want to be a screenwriter. I said, huh? Oh, well, you've got to go to a Hollywood and be sign classes. She called back. And said, "Okay, I just finished my class. i um in Hollywood." I said, "Oh, you did it. Uh-huh." I said, uh, "Well, what you gonna do now?" She said, "I, I wrote my first film, and you got to help me produce it." I said, "Okay. Well, what you got to do, baby?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wrote a television series. There ain't too many black dramas on on TV. So you got to make it into a movie. So she, mm-hmm. a year later, she calls it time. I got this movie, and I got it done. And then, not only to make a movie, but I also made it into a. Uh, a uh, 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 webisode, and I, you ain't. You, know, you better come out here to Atlanta and help me do what you have been doing all totally these years. So two years ago, I dropped everything I was doing, kept my word, and came out and did uh Paul Boulevard West. Okay, okay. Uh, and nephew Tommy and um, Angie Stone and uh, I mean just a plethora of really amazing talent. And from that, I just signed a deal with um, Flavor Unit. Um, so we're developing a new drama there and got a film deal with Lionsgate. Just been doing things. That's what you and I had the pleasure of working on. Yeah. With you absolutely phenomenal. So, man, God has just been so good. There's so many amazing happening. We did phone rings with new news and new news. And, and I can't wait to, to work with you again. We've already got coming correct, too. Yes. Um, no you know, to our production soon, so, brother, is you know, just been blessed, man.
1: Man, you, you you know what what I hear when I hear you tell that story? I hear you say, Rodney, I kept my word. And <laughs> I, I think that's a powerful statement. What does your word mean to you, Tommy? Because, you know, in this game, a lot of people, you know, are frivolous with giving their word.
3: Man's word is bomb. And, and it's not just a statement. And I learned that from parents, um, that if you say you're going to do something, you better do it. Yeah. So if you make a commitment, thing is quitting. I ask young people all the time, what's a winner? They say, winner, people that win. I said, what's a loser? A loser, people that lose. I said, no. And the only difference between a winner and loser is a loser stopped doing what was necessary to win. So I just promised, you know, I was told all my life that I was going to be like my biological father. You ain't going to be nothing. You're going to be in prison like your daddy. You're going to be an addict like your daddy. You're to, so after so many days, and I was a loser, I was going to be a like, loser like my daddy. For so long we're hearing and there wasn't going to be nothing. I couldn't about it. I had to do it. So they say, well, Tommy, listen, you're, almost, you're 48 years old, never, never smoking, never done drugs. That's because you're a church boy. I said, no, I'm not because I'm a church boy. I'm a church boy because I love God, but I don't drink, smoke, and do drugs because I refuse to be like my daddy. I gave my word, yeah. and I was going to end up a loser. So word is, is everything to me. Um, keeping that word, keeping my word, and keeping a promise and making commitments, that's like friendship, man. When you, you can't call everybody friend. Yeah, true. Friend, uh, a friend shows himself friendly. It's not just a title.
1: Well, wow, well said. Hey y'all, this is Roddy Pray. You're tuning in to Roddy Pray Live. We are talking to Mr Tommy Ford. His website, TommyFord.com, dot com. His Twitter. Tommy, you are tweeting. Tommy Michael Ford, that's M I K A L Ford, Thomas, I'm sorry, Thomas Michael Ford. He's at Thomas Michael Ford. Uh what what brought you over into the Twitter sphere, Because I know a lot of grown folks is like, I'm not gonna do that. You're gonna do what? A lot of folks are saying they they don't want to tweet. You know. Uh, <laughs> what, what got you to tweet? I, and I was one of
3: those folks. I was one of those folks that said, Listen, I don't have time to be sitting there pushing i the dog on buttons. I'm busy. <laughs> I don't to But I tell you, there is business happening and there's things going on. And the quickest way of getting the word around and promoting and, and networking, and it has become a tool. And. Only reason that it's investment for me because it is a tool for networking. Yeah. And when you have a product, when you have a gift, when you have something you need to share, you need to exhaust every opportunity to get the word out.
1: Uh, you, your career has been uh, diverse. You, you've done it all from a different world to Harlem Nights, where you wowed us, you know, with, with, with such a great character. I can't hear this story enough. Tell me how you got the job on Harlem Nights.
3: You know it was amazing. I, I my first my first film was Harlem Nights, and um, Lee Daniels, the director, was my man, starting me out. And, and uh, oh, hold
1: hold on hold on, Tommy, you kind of breaking up a little bit. I don't know if it's our, our lines or what, but the, the the call is is breaking up.
3: Can you hear me any better now?
1: Yes. All right. Yeah, you're you're good. You're real good right now.
3: Okay, good. I was saying that I, when I first saw graduated from USC in the acting department, that Lee Daniels was my my um, my manager. He's uh, now a award winning director and producer, and he started off as a casting. Director. Oh, hold on,
1: Lee Daniels so, from Precious. Yes, sir.
3: Get that out. was my manager. Wow. He got me started in the business. He was in the management. First, he was a casting director, and then he was a manager. So, from casting, he had great relationships with casting directors. He called Robert Reed and said, Listen, we worked together. I got this new guy right out of college. You got to see him. So, she did him a favor because she didn't know me. She didn't do me. She did him a favor and set up this appointment, this meeting, and had to audition. And, you know, I was a, a theater major, so theater was my thing. I'd won quite a few awards in the theatrical arena even before I had graduated college. So I went in to audition, had a pretty good audition, and what the funny thing was uh, Eddie and I started talking, and he was like, man, man, you're good. I haven't heard from you. I said, yeah, I just got out of college, man. I'm, I'm new. And he started, he wouldn't laugh. He told a joke. I told a joke, and he laughed. I thought Eddie Murphy's laugh was the funniest laugh I'd ever heard in my life. Right. So I'm laughing at his laugh. He's laughing at my laugh. Before you know it, for 15 minutes, both of us on the floor laughing at I one love of it. <laughs> And from there, he said, wait a minute, let's use that. And he says, listen, say this line. After you say this line,
2: give me that laugh.
3: And after we finished, man, because I must have been about 45 minutes. And you know, for any audition, that's a long time, but that's especially for you I'm coming is. in doing the game, I'm like, I'm of any mercy for 45 minutes. Wow, he said to me, "Man, Arsenio's gonna hate me because this role is Arsenio's, but I I gotta have you in this, and I gotta you you gotta do this role. I'll just move him. I'll find something else for him, and that's how it began. Now, you want to hear something really beautiful? Yeah. Last year, I directed another film in L.A. called Conflict of Mm Interests, and I was auditioning actresses to be my daughter. Jasmine Lewis played my wife and. Had a bunch of knuckleheads, they were funny guys, Carl Payne and Miguel Nunez and Aaron yeah. Little White, all these cats in the, in the film. And I couldn't find a girl to play my daughter. And the casting director, Fager Harris, says, You know what? I want you to meet Bria Murphy. I said, Who? She said, Bria Murphy. Eddie Murphy's daughter.
1: Yeah.
3: I said, But is she an actress? She says, Man, she started her actress, she's been studying, she's done a lot of modeling. I said, but her daddy is the king of film. Why would she want to come do my movie? Right. So she came in and just blew me away. Wow. So the beautiful selling point of this movie is my first film was Harlem Nights. I gave Bria Murphy her very first role, her first film. Her daddy gave me my first break. I gave her her first break playing her daddy. And she was born in 1989, the same year the film was made.
1: Man, talk about connecting the dots, man. (laughs) Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. I'm talking to Tommy Ford, and he is connecting the dots for us. Tommy, talk to me about Be Still and Know Incorporated.
3: Be Still and Know Incorporated is a nonprofit that created – I come from a family of educators, I'm a city boy. I'm from Los Angeles. Folk most folk believe I'm, I'm a country boy because I'm a city boy with a southern upbringing. Mm. Um, I was raised in a very spiritual family. Grand- Grandmama had 15 children. And um, most of them were educators. So education was an important part of our family, making sure that we all went to school. Um, Before the full-time actor, I worked as a human relations specialist for an organization called the National Conference of Community and Justice. There are problems in schools with gangs, drugs, violence, any of those isms, racism, sexism. um, We were trained to go into these schools and help young people solve problems. Now, we didn't only work with young people. We work with adults as well. But my passion, my ministry is young people. So we would travel all over LA Unified School District um, helping young people solve problems. So I would go and do a lot of motivational speaking, a lot of speaking all over the place. And I was speaking in schools, working for this program, and one teacher came up to me and said, listen, how do I bottle this thing? Because my students, she called me up, and said, you got to come back again this, this semester because my students were amazed and I, I saw a huge difference in their behavior. I need you to write a book. Of, I'm sorry, I'm busy, I'm sorry, I can't make it. She said, you got to write a book. Put these principles down in writing. So Be Still and a company, They created to help find ways to let young people know that they're beautiful, they're powerful, and they're worthwhile. Be still and know is um, not only is it a Bible verse that says, be still and know that I am God, but to be means to have a place, a position, and a purpose. I need young people to know that they have a place. They have a position and a purpose that place ain't last place that place ain't at the bottom they are they were created to be first and not last the greatest and not the least the most they, they're created they were created awesome. but you can't say that you uh that you that you're beautiful while you're acting ugly that's oxymoron. Hmm. So the B to B means to have a place, a position, a purpose, still, S-T-I-L-L, not S-T-E-A-L. I know you from Chicago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Don't be just where I am right now, the south side. i <laughs> my back to the glass. Too. Yeah, all um, know. Just, <laughs> um, just be still means to be um, free of commotion, agitation, and confusion. Our young people need to li- live a lifestyle free of commotion, agitation, and confusion. Our babies are wondering if they're going to make it back home. When they leave in the morning, our babies are wandering school is the only place they can go for some of them and have a, a decent meal. The some, some, some place that many of them go and be called by their name because they MFs and everything else, Bs, when they're at home. Yeah. So to have a life and a lifestyle that's free of promotion, we know the devil's offer of confusion. So the B to steal and A and, a and D mean to bring things to death together, greatness, education together with ignorance bringing um teach together with violence, so to bring things together that are healthy that are that are that are, that are bring value into their lives and to know k n o w is to be introduced to the truth, and the truth is we are beautiful, we are powerful, we are valuable, we are made and created by God, therefore we have no 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 option but to win so be still know is an organization that teaches young people how beautiful and powerful they are, but most importantly it teaches them that they got a job
1: now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a difference man. between
3: Rodney. There's a difference between my job and my occupation. See, I my love occupation, the things, are, occupation, things I do to get a check. Yeah. When I'm doing my job, I'm doing what I'm going to do.
1: Hey y'all, he working that white building down there, around
3: yeah,
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> I've All right been building there. <laughs> Hey, Tommy, I can't thank you enough for kicking off Virgo Month, man. Thank you for popping in, brother. I know you got a super busy schedule. Have fun in Chicago. Get you some Harold's Chicken and be close to a toilet. All right. Love you, brother. I love you back, hey y'all. This is Roddy Perry. You tuned in to Roddy Perry Live. That was Tommy Ford, one of the coldest guys in the game. Check him out. He's at tommyford.com. His Twitter is at Tommy Michael. Tom, I'm sorry, Thomas Michael Ford. T h o m a s m i k a l f o r d. Hit his Twitter. Let him know you heard him right here on Roddy Perry Live. Thank you to my man J King. So awesome. And also coming up, my girl. Is coming to the show. We missed her last week. She she was a little busy, but she is coming back. We're going to talk to her. Matter of fact, we're going to dedicate to... Wait a minute. Hold on. She on the line. Uh Uh-uh. She not on... Hold on. Is this Selena? This is she. Oh, my God. Oh, (laughs) my God. Hold on. We didn't even have this down. Ladies and gentlemen... One of the coldest vocalists of our time, hailing from the South Side of Chicago. Well, no, I'm just I'm just giving you the South Side. I, 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 <laughs>
0: south Suburbs. I mean, it's South Suburbs. It's the South,
1: south, south. Suburbs. <laughs> you know, but
0: Chicago people
1: be funny acting. You know, if you ain't really <laughs> from in the inner the <laughs> city, they be kind of trying to dish you a little bit. But you know I what? I I I love everything you do musically. Matter of fact, let's do this, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna chat a little bit. Oh what am I? man, did you take my song out? God dang it. <laughs> I got your stuff right here, too. I was ready. You had God dang it. Madeline, shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when we come back, we're gonna talk to Miss Selena Johnson. Thank you so much for coming on. Brand new reality show. Brand new albums coming out. you l y'all y'all just stay right there. We're taking this show to another level. It's Virgo Month. <laughs> What's up, world? Thanks for tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. Don't forget to follow Rodney on Twitter, at Rodney Perry. And for all your Rodney Perry updates, text Rodney Perry with no spaces to 41411. That's Rodney Perry. Mash that thing together and text it to 41411. Now, back to the show.
0: It's Rodney Perry. I
1: had to bring the crowd in. I had to bring the crowd. I got a chance to see this young lady just just the other night. First of all, you are absolutely stunning every time I see you. Um, is Atlanta your home now? Are you are you making your home here now?
0: Thanks, Lonnie. And, yes, Atlanta is my home.
1: But how do you like it so far?
0: Um, I love it. The only thing I'm not crazy about are the books. The bugs are off the chain.
1: Man, let me <laughs> tell you something, and let they will home. come in your house too.
0: Yes, they, they will.
1: They so gangster with it. That's my problem.
0: They, do. they, they don't like,
1: like in Chicago. A bug see you, and he go the other way. Not here. What? No,
0: no, 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 no. Not here. They got they they got balls here. They they really they really feel that they should be in your house. They patronize your establishment. Okay. <laughs> They really, they're really getting in out here. And then they're not little. It's like their bugs ate all of our bugs. So, <laughs> so their bugs are way bigger than our bugs.
1: Yes, and very much so. I'm
0: very afraid of them. And they have this new, oh, I don't know if the bug is new, but they have this bug that looks like a roach. But it's, have you seen that bug yet where it's real big and it's like red and it looks like a, a gigantic roach? Uh.
1: I try to stay. Away. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I know exactly
0: yeah. my kids. Cause, you know, I got girls,
1: so they go crazy anytime oh, they see God. anything. Yeah.
0: Oh my God! They call them water roaches. Yes. When I tell you, <laughs> I, when I saw that book, I, I I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know if I was going to have to move back home or.
1: <laughs> oh, you about to pack yeah, it in?
0: Yeah, it was it was about to be over. I couldn't take it. <laughs> I saw a scorpion in my basement.
1: A scorpion. Oh, oh, let me tell you something. I saw one of them scorpions, and please know this. I called the the, the little Orkin dude and had him spray everything. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't, you Are know, you? I, I, I play with a lot of stuff, but scorpions is not one of them. Yeah.
0: I, I, they yeah. just left my house yesterday. I don't play yeah. with the bugs. I don't do the bugs. But other than that, I love the weather. I love the trees. and yeah. just vibe, you know, and, and I love the school system. Um, my son loves his school so I'm I'm just really happy to be here. it's way better than Chicago. And I love Chicago. Yeah. But I just had to give up them cold winners. I can't do it. Y
1: you, you know what? When you get to be grown, you ain't really trying mm-hmm. to do the winner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I ain't I ain't trying to hear all that driving and you might flat in the bitch and all of that there. I, I can't, I can't wait. The, the door is so frozen. You can't even open the door. All that don't mess. You walk outside and cut your breath. mm Yeah. That. Hey,
1: hey, let's talk about R&B Divas. Brand new show. It's out. How did you become involved?
0: Um, Nikki Gilbert is a friend of mine. And we, well, we've all, we're all friends. And right. um, she pretty much, it wasn't like a casting or anything. She just pretty much called us all up and was like, y'all want to do this show? (laughs) And we was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And, um, you know, it started with a bunch of different girls, and then, you know, for one reason or another, uh, some girls couldn't do it, and some girls, you know, just couldn't, you know, just just didn't make it, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't that they were bad or anything. It's just like, oh, they got this project going, they got that project. Because, you know, you're dealing with artists, so they always, you know, they have other projects and stuff. Exactly. And it just ended up with us five.
1: Now, now, was yeah. there any apprehension uh, with with the the other shows that are on the landscape? Uh, and, I, and I'm not, I, we don't, I don't bash nobody. You know, I think as long as black folks is on TV, it's a win for all of us. Right. Was, was there any apprehension to get in the reality business? You know, knowing what you know about it.
0: Um, for me, no, because. I know that for some of the other ladies, it was a little – well, for Faith, it was a little bit of apprehension. Um, But for me, uh, no, because I just really feel like I would be able to control how I behave. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Um, yes. And I knew that there's some things that I know I need to work on. Like, I I know I cuss way too much. It's just terrible. (laughs) No, not Selena. Not a girl from the Chicago area. (laughs) Right. (laughs) that's if if I could change one thing, that would be it, but that was just me being you know myself, you know, and um, I just feel like I could control who I am now if they edit me a certain way, um which they haven't done since I just saw the first episode, and it, it seems pretty pretty uh true to who i am right. um that um if we stay if it stays like that, then I'm good, but before i never had the i never had apprehension because I just feel like you know I had a positive outlook look. On it I yeah. just didn't you know I, I feel I felt like the ladies involved in the the network t v one the t v one did not want fighting they don't want hair pulling and jumping over tables and spitting right. and all of that so because we're with a network that doesn't encourage that kind of behavior I felt safe and um yeah. the the ladies that I'm with are my friends, so I don't feel like I didn't feel like I would be undercut or you know um Talked about behind my back or no crazy right. like that because we're friends already, so we pretty much know each other. It wasn't a surprise, you know. So I just thought that it would be, you know, a positive opportunity all around.
1: Hey, it's so so incredible, so incredible. First of all, to have you on, uh, I've been a fan a long time, and I'm doing my research you understand i'm 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 oh, making you. sure that i got my Selena together and okay. i'm like i did not know you was on this joint this is one of my favorite songs and you are the reason why this kanye joint
0: oh wait yeah this is real one baby i'm telling oh. you I'm oh, up oh
1: Southside, we gon' set this party off right Westside, Westside, Westside.
0: We gonna... I mean, how did this one come about? Oh man, um, the Lord, okay <laughs> I was in the studio working on Chapter 3 in LA and, and Kanye and I were working on a song called Bullseye from Chapter 3 And um he was working on his album, he had a deadline though The deadline right. was like the next day and he didn't have uh, Lauren Hill um, in her camp. They declined the clearance for the song, so he had to find someone to re-sing it. And no one was working out. Wow. And he was like, Selena, can you please try? You know, I've tried a lot of different singers, it's not been working. So I went over there. It was like five, six o'clock in the morning, and I was like, All right, sure, why not? So I went over there and I sang it, and they was looking at me all crazy, and then I, I was, they was like, Well can you do it like you would do it? And that's where, because at first I did it exactly like Lauren Hill because I wanted them to have that same element so that, I could, so that it would work. But then they were like, well, can you put a little more of yourself into it? And that's where the, oh, oh that little part. Because the, the original goes, um, I'm telling you, oh, like that. That's how right. she does the original. So I just put the, oh, oh and I'll, I'll put that in there. And um, they called me the next morning and was like, yeah, so we're gonna do the video next week, and then <laughs> we we're going to wait here tomorrow. And then I was just like, "Whoa, okay, great! I guess I guess I made the song, and it happened to be one of the most um, effective projects I've worked on. So I'm real blessed for that."
1: But man, it's so great when you hear those stories because you can be in this game and and a lot of times you feel like people aren't paying attention or or you you're spinning your wheels uh, have have you ever been at that that crossroads where you was like man I'm doing it well, I, you know I, just just give me give me a glimpse in the what it's like you know as as an artist that knocked down saying you know people know who you are but then you're still in that little nook. You know, I feel like we're in a like, real similar place. Like like mm-hmm. people know Rodney Perry, but then there's people that just don't. Like like yeah. what what's that? Talk to me about what's that like as you continue to build your brand.
0: Well, you know what? It's funny you would say that because we are alike in that way, very much alike. And that's where the whole title Underrated came from. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes, my, my last album, Chapter 5, Underrated, but that title came from my fans. And you know, people would be like, that's cocky. That's cocky to tell yourself. No, no, no. It came from my fans. So it's something that they kept saying when I asked them about, you know, you know, what should I name the next album? That's what they named it because that's how they feel. They feel that. You know what I'm saying? And because my music is for them, I pay homage to them with that chat, with that title. With that being said, um, it's something that unfortunately you get used to. Um, right. Just being the underdog, but my sister, we were ta- we had a conversation yesterday, and we were just talking about. And I'm not just I'm not saying that this has to be, the the con the truth for everybody because this is not the truth for everybody. But if you ever notice, some of the most treacherous, um, you know, like the treacherous ones, the cutthroat people, the people that will do anything to get to the top. If you notice, those are the most successful people. The people that are kind of, you know, that, that don't want to backstab, that don't want to step on anybody's toes, that kind of want to do the work, that kind of want to, you know, just take the safe road, it takes them a little longer. The people that right. are not as malicious and intent and kind of want to get there, you know, the correct way, God's way, you know, if you yeah. say, if you will, you know, it's, it's like it's like God said, it's the road, less traveled it's always going to be the longest one. So, yeah. That's kind of of how you have to think about it. But that does not mean that, oh, if somebody was a breakout, blow-up star, that they are treacherous and malicious. That just means their journey starts from there. You see what I'm saying? Well, our journey starts from where it started from. So you just have to understand that everything that you're going through is a reason. God perceives the the end part. So all these things we learned along the way – we have to have we have that's ammunition. those are tools that we would need once we get to the the glorious place that we you know that we work hard to get to you know what i'm yes. saying
1: i I think it's too it's about respecting the journey like yeah i'm I'm a better man now than I would have been if I had gained the success that I wanted Absolutely. at twenty two you know what Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. I understand certain things that I didn't understand. I understand that my family is more important than the game. See, the game used to be paramount to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And now I Absolutely. understand that these people are going to be here no matter what.
0: Right, right. And that's it's, it's all about God's blueprint. It's all about the blueprint, you know. And, and it's exactly like what you're saying. I, me, I'm a better woman now. I'm, I'm a lot smarter uh, my my uh, music game music business uh knowledge is a lot lot longer you know what i'm saying it's it's, it's larger it's mm-hmm. not like you can really tell me about about making a record. I have my own label. I distributed my own records. you know I hadn't done any of that be any of that before. I was too busy out being young and hanging out and all that old foolishness when none of that matters. I wasn't on top of my money I wasn't on top of you know being a business woman now I'm more business minded and you know, I just think that now is um, if 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 God still has that for me, I'm in a better place to receive it mentally, yes, and, and and spiritually. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to before, I probably wouldn't even I probably wouldn't even act it right. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even act it right. I ain't gonna even lie. I probably wouldn't act it right. So He knows, you know, when our time is our time. You know, he
1: he definitely does. Hey y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live, and we are talking to Miss Selena Johnson. That's S. Y L E E N A. She's been getting it in. Uh, the show is R and B divas. You guys premiered August twentieth. Have have anything changed for you
0: yet? Um,
1: I mean, cause you're already you already know, a Zara.
0: Well, see, I, and I think that's why. You know, uh, we didn't do this this show to be famous because I guess we already kind of are. So, um, it's not as it's, it's not as different, let me put it this way, it's nothing that I haven't been through before.
1: Right.
0: Like, for instance, you're as good as your hit on the radio, or you're as good as your last hit, right? Mm-hmm. Or well, as known as your last hit, as relevant as your last hit. So, let's just say, for instance, when All Falls Down was on the radio, uh, it was not too many places I could go. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Or when Guess What blew up, it was not too, it was, you know, I couldn't go into the mall at certain times and stuff like that. But, all that died down when you don't have a hit on the radio. So probably now it's even worse because television is going to be something that's so you know my face is being seen so much that now I can't go out the house and I look crazy no more. Like I can't just be you can't just roll out no to, the, to the
1: yeah. to the you know to the store yeah. just chilling no with more with
0: no makeup with your hair in a ponytail. Yeah, you, know, you can't really do that anymore because people are watching you more now. They're more watching you more intense, intently and they're just, you know, they're really waiting for you to slip up, you know. <laughs> so I, I got to not be as lazy as I as I usually would want to be because I go throw a flip flop, tiny pajamas. I, I really <laughs> can't be me. I'm telling you, I'll be me. So I guess I'm going to have to just at least if I had my pajamas on, I at least have some lipstick, you know.
1: Just something. You got to get it <laughs> yeah, I wanted some together.
0: eyelashes or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just can't go out without the eyelashes no more and all of this here. So that's the only thing. And, and being that I'm older and, and have children, being that I'm older and have kids, it's, hard, it's really hard because, you know, you'd be lazy and stuff and you don't want to have to get dressed up and all this here. Right. I mean, you know, they, they running your ragged in the house, so you might have spaghetti sauce on your on your shirt. You know.
1: Hey, you, you, you ain't, ain't said nothing. You know, you know, I got sick, so you I get that.
0: Wow, you know what time it is. Then. You <laughs> might look a hot mess, and you just hey, this is what it is. But you got to go to the store and get some milk.
1: My Here's kids, stop milk. me. Do your kids? My kids be like, Daddy, people know <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you cannot wear them on shorts. And the flip flops, yeah. the woman.
0: Because <laughs> you're gonna embarrass me.
1: You go, you killing me,
0: pops. You know, oh,
3: yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: Well, my babies are small. I well, I have a, a twi- I have an 11 year old stepson. I have a five year old, and I have an 18 month old. So the two babies, they don't really. Hold on, I
1: gotta old. stop there. Everybody, everybody, stop. Wait a minute. You did not have no baby no 18 months ago. Looking that fly.
0: Yes, I did just have a baby. Get 18 it. Months ago. I but love I that. I but I'm nowhere near where I'm, you know, usually be. You know, I'm still trying to lose the weight, which I'm, I'm actually tomorrow I'll be taping, uh, finishing up the taping for my, my workout DVD called Mommy's Got Soul. It's for mothers trying to get their bodies back. Yes. And, um, yeah, so I, I got women in the video that don't look like skinny stick figure models, like we mm. look like we have kids. All the women in the video have kids. I don't know if you can look like you have kids, but, you know, you see us working on our stuff, so. That's my goal is to, you know, celebrate the black woman's body and celebrate, you know, make it okay for women who are not stick figure, skin, girls or whatever, and to, to love themselves and to know, okay, you just, it's your size, you just keep working out and get to that goal. so Yeah, get get healthier. Yeah. I
1: think that's such a great idea because you look at a, a lot of the videos that's on the landscape and that mm-hmm. audience is very underserved, you know, exactly. because they not, you got to think everybody on the video is in great shape. You yep. know, and you sitting and there going, that I, I, I ain't, ain't never going to look, look like that. that.
0: Exactly. And then they didn't do that workout just that one time it looked like that.
1: No.
0: <laughs> so stop playing.
1: Stop y'all playing. Are,
0: y'all are probably fitness people. I'm talking about their stomachs be six pack. Talking about you got three and four, five kids. No.
1: No, you no. don't. No, That's you not. don't.
0: That's not. And if you do, no. You ain't did this video <laughs> right after you had your baby. Yeah, you, you had like, the you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't do that, and you didn't do this video. Set your child 15. We, we ain't got time for it. Okay, what about us who are still trying to get our bodies, you know, back to that point? If I'm on the couch and I'm at home and I see women that look like me and we working out and we got high energy, you know what I'm saying, and we getting it in and we struggling through our workouts just like them, but we working out, that's going to inspire me to want to do it too. You know what I'm saying? So that's what Mommy's Got Soul is all about. And then the soul music, you know, it's got my own music in it. Because yeah, I hate, you know, to hit, you see the DVDs and the music be so dumb, yeah. Because they can't get the clearances of the artist. So because I'm already an artist, I don't have to clear myself. You know what I'm saying? So I just create the music to go into the DVD. So there you go.
1: There you go. Hey, this is Rodney Perry. We're talking to Miss Selena Johnson. Her website is selenamusic.com. She's active on her Twitter. I see you tweeting all the time. She's at mm-hmm. Selena underscore Johnson. And the Facebook is official. Please check out all things Selena Johnson, Selena, man. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. I want I want you to come back and and we we just go through the whole I want to do chapter 5 underrated. We go through the songs and and you just we just just have a listening party.
0: Well, you know, I'm releasing um a new album on the 25th of September called Acoustic Soul Sessions and it's a live acoustic album, so we could do that.
1: I'm with that. So that would it's be done.
0: Big. And... And you know I'm a Virgo, so it's Virgo month for me. It's Virgo month. When's your birthday? September 2nd.
1: You September second, Cat Williams is September second. Uh, Get out
0: of here! That's yes, fun. he That's
1: is. Fun. Yes, he is. And, and I'm nine fifteen. So happy birthday, love! Thank you for coming on. It's Virgo birthday. month. You just gave me a chill. You just this is so divine the way this worked out. We tried to have you on last week and and we we missed each other and and you popped in today so perfectly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank, thank you, thank you and enough. I love
0: Tommy Ford. I was so happy to hear Tommy Ford on the show because I'm going to actually. I'm actually seeking to take acting classes with Tommy. I was supposed to do it during the season, but um, I, my schedule just got so, so ridiculous with the scheduling of the show. But yeah. this season I hope to- – to um, do acting lessons with Tommy well,
1: and I, I got an open invitation Come to my improv class We right at the green room here in Atlanta On Wednesday afternoons Wonderful. at 2 o'clock You will please come through and be my guest Man, and, and we, we have a ball in will. there so, I uh, absolutely
0: will And I love improv Because I did theater in college And I did humorous interpretation Well, theater in high school and college I did humorous interpretation So I will clearly come to that
1: Come get it. Hey y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. Selena, any last words for the audience? Like get 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 him one of them jewels of wisdom you got.
0: Well, you know what? The first jewel of wisdom is I'm gonna plug my show, okay? RB T V one, okay then. On Monday nights at ten PM Eastern nine central. Okay then. That's first. But other than that, you know, keeping God first is the best thing that I can tell somebody. And never, ever, ever burn a bridge. Never, wow. ever, ever burn a bridge. I don't care who it is. Always keep your relationships clean in this in this industry. So that's what I would say. But number one, R&B Divas comes on uh, Monday night. <laughs> Monday night, tv
1: <laughs> one R B Divas. Her name is Selena Johnson. Thank you again, sweetheart, so much for Thank coming you. on oh today. God, it's been an incredible me. show. Y'all got y'all money's worth today. Selena, I love you and keep keep. Keep being you and keep being the Virgo you are. This is you. You know you ain't gonna be able to get rid of me now. I, I populate my <laughs> life with Virgo.
0: I am so, oh, honey, I am such a Virgo. It's ridiculous, and we are so we understand each other. Virgos yeah. understand each other. We don't understand like no other. No other thing. We understand each other.
1: Enough said. You, we, I'm down like four flat tires, ladies and gentlemen. That's our <laughs> show for today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take a note from my man Tommy Ford. Three things, place, position, and purpose. Find your place, find your position, and find your purpose, and it all falls in line. My name is Rodney Perry. That's our show for today. It's
0: Virgo Month. I got more Virgos next week. Hey, we're doing it, baby.